This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 162 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Equestrian Collections, Fleece Works, and the New England Dressage Association. Find them all at dressageradio.com. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. So uh, I think Excellent. we have to get right to the big news for the day. Did you hear about uh, Totalus? Well, I, I did. So tell us a little bit more about what the kind of breaking news. This just broke today. Well, I guess Totalus has been withdrawn for uh, consideration for the German team because his rider, Matthias Rath, which we talked about last week, um, has mono, and it doesn't look like he's going to be able to compete at the Olympics. Gosh, that's terrible. I think we were everybody was looking forward to seeing what he could do with them at the Olympics. That's a bummer for everybody. Yeah, I mean, I, I, from what you've heard, that the training of the horse has been going really well and that he was going to be a big contender for at least a, an individual medal. So that's, uh, that's really disappointing that we're not going to be able to see him uh, compete on the big stage. I know. That's a bummer. Well, I'm really sorry for him, and I hope he feels better. I, I've never personally had mono, but I know it's a really dangerous disease, actually. Well, it can take a really long time to get over, I think. So uh, let's, uh, let's wish him luck with that and that he gets better really soon. I know, and that's tough. I mean, usually it's the horse getting sick, but we always have to remember there's two athletes in this ballgame, and it's, it's tough. So what else is, uh, is in, in the news? Yeah, so this is going to be a great week. I think from now on, you know, leading to the Olympics, there's going to be lots of great news going on. So um, this week, this weekend, Aachen starts. So the World Equestrian Festival at Aachen begins. And the Olympic teams for Germany and Denmark will be decided this weekend. So that's going to be really um, a fun event um, and you've got the German team going, uh, top contenders for London, Helen Langenberger and Damon Hill. And he's a 12-year-old Westphalian stallion. Uh, you've got the 2012 German national champion. Uh, she's 26, Christina Spreer. And her 11-year-old Hanoverian gelding Desperado. And Annabelle Balkenhall. And Dabliano, uh, her 12-year-old gelding, uh, they're going to be um, going to Aachen. So I think it's going to be really fun to see kind of what happens with those guys. Well, it looks like this is going to be the German team that will go to, go, go to London, barring anything uh, strange happening. So it'll be exciting to see what kind of scores they're going to get in Aachen and, uh, and kind of a preview. Um, for the Olympics. Also, there's a big show in Hartbury, England happening. Um, you're going to see a lot of the top British competitors and also the Canadians. So I'm looking forward to looking at, looking forward to uh, seeing how they're going to do against against the big British team. Yeah, no, I think that they, again, it's a great show, and and I think it's it's really smart. The Canadian team, we know they're uh, they're over in England, and we hope to hear from some of those guys soon. Um, but we know they're there, and their horses are safe. So this is uh, kind of a just the beginning of uh, of that. So I think uh, you know that's going to be interesting to see what happens with those with the whole the whole weekend. I think next week we're going to have lots to talk about. Yeah, and there's another CI in uh, Switzerland too. 
And they've got a lot of com- uh, competitors from South America going there. Um, also, uh, you know, uh, there's lots of people also going to that show. So there's a there's basically three huge CDIs happening in Europe this weekend. Well, we'll have to get the results from that and and bring it bring it onto the show. And uh, maybe, like you said, we can get a we can get a Canadian rider to come on the show and and do an interview with us. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, that's the plan. So I think that'll be um, fun to see next week. So also the Canadian, uh, the Spanish team was announced this week. Um, I think that uh, the big name here is the 19-year-old Morgan Barbasan riding uh, a horse ridden, previously ridden by uh, Anki Van Guzman, painted black. I think we saw him at a lot of CDIs um, before with, uh, with Anki, and now this rider has taken over uh, the ride on him and has been doing really exceptionally well. I know, and to see a 19-year-old, uh, I have to be honest, at 19, I wasn't riding that well. So that's fun to see a 19-year-old kind of taking the stage a little bit. Yeah, it uh, is. Also on the team is a, is a seasoned veteran, uh, Beatrice Ferrer-Salat. She'll be riding the 11-year-old Westphalian Gelding Delgado. This is a, a great combination, and like I said, as shown in Atlanta in 96, Sydney in 2000, Athens in 2004 and uh, had won Team Bronze and Individual Silver in the 2002 World Equestrian Games. And she's an excellent rider. She's really fun to watch, and uh, she's a very tall rider and elegant in the saddle. Uh, so I think she's going to be somebody to really watch. She's been to several Olympics and World Equestrian Games, um, so I think that'll be fun. Yeah, I think she's used to, used to the pressure of the big, the big stage, so that'll be nice to see. And the last rider for the Spanish team is Jan Manuel Munoz. And he'll be riding Fuego de Caradines, a 14-year-old PRE stallion. And this horse was, he'd really, uh, Philip, I can't remember if you were able to make it to the World Equestrian Games, but yeah, this horse. Yeah, I was there and I saw this horse. Yeah, it was yeah. extremely exciting and uh, just a real crowd pleaser. And uh, I think every, he had everyone behind him really uh, pushing for him to get top scores. I can't remember ever seeing, uh, you know, people that weren't ever into dressage just cheering away for him. So I think we're all looking forward to, to seeing him. Again, you know, these are some really phenomenal horses that are all being announced for London. And I, I am excited. I can't wait for the Olympics to start. And uh, on that note, uh, the FBI has launched an Olympic website. Uh, and this is, this is going to be fun. This is... Um, it's, it's a website dedicated to all things Olympic and Paralympic, both old and new. Um, it's a celebration. Actually, this year, uh, equestrian uh, part of the Games started in 1912. So this is a history, and you're going to hear all about people that have ridden before. And you can find this a website at fei.org slash forward slash Olympic. And this is going to be a wonderful website. I, I was able to kind of check it out this week and play around on it. And it's facts and anecdotes and all kinds of things to, to look about Olympic fever. And uh, I think it's really worth uh, everyone taking a look at it, spending some time on that website as we kind of get ready for the Olympics. And in the last piece of news, we have uh, good news for the Dutch team. Adelinda Cornelissen's horse, Parseval, passes the fitness test uh, to be on the Dutch Olympic team. So that's, I think, their strongest force this year for the Olympics. Um, it's great that he's ready to compete and that he's fit fit to go for London. So, uh, you know, that's a big part of their medal chances for this year. 
Yeah, no, that that's great. And I think we all felt for her when he bit his tongue at the World Equestrian Games and she wasn't able to ride. So I really look forward to seeing her. I think everybody does to see what she can do in a big international event. Yeah, she's a great rider, and this is a great horse, and they should have a uh, an opportunity to to ride uh, in the Olympics. So that's great. Coming up, we have uh, our great interview with Adrian Lyle and Jan Eibling, the the second two members of the uh, U.S. team, and uh, it's a great interview. So stick around. Before we head to Jan Ebling and Adrian Lyle, we have a commercial break from Equestrian Collections, and then we have a trainer tip from our Nita Trainer of the Month, Sarah Geeky. Hi, Glenn the Geek here, and I'm with Debbie from Equestrian Collections, and we're here to this week to talk about chat. Yes, uh, we are always so happy to hear from our customers, and we have a feature on our website called Live Chat. If you click on any product, you'll see an orange button that says Live Chat. Just click on that, and one of our friendly customer service reps will be at the end of the line, and you can um, chat. It's it's just like talking with your fingers back and forth to us. Um, You can always call us, of course, at toll-free 877-872-872. 4415. We're here from 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, Eastern Time. But if for some reason you're on your computer and you don't necessarily want to... Huh? Yes, yeah, at work, <laughs> and you don't want to be talking on the phone, you can just live chat with us, and we'll be happy to help you there. We, are, we try and be here for our customers anytime and any way they want. You can also email us at customerservice at equestriancollections.com. We always respond to those within 24 hours of... Um, business days of getting those emails and usually it's much quicker than that so now, please come chat with us now years ago when the live chat first came out uh for websites like this not many people use it has it become more and more popular now yes absolutely and it we talk to people all, all the time and of course when it gets to be the holiday time we're yeah. chatting and talking at the same time yep <laughs> <laughs> talking on the phone and talking with our fingers at the same time so it is very convenient for our customers and um we always answer very quickly. If there's any problem, if you don't hear back from us immediately, then there's something wrong with the connection. So click out and click back in again because we are there as long as it's 9 to 5 Eastern Time. And what's nice is you'll find the live chat button on any of the product pages just over there on the right. So just click Yeah, we look, forward, we look forward to chatting with you soon. Thank you. That's equestriancollections.com. Trainer tip sponsored by NIDA, the New England Dressage Association, is uh, Sarah Geeky. And some of the news from NIDA this month is the 2012 NIDA Fall Symposium has changed locations. And the symposium this year will be located at Pineland Farms in New Gloucestershire, Maine, October 27th and 28th. This year's event will feature FEIO Judge Stephen Clark of Great Britain and Canadian Ashley Holzer, Olympian, uh, and she will be in London. And check back for at NEDA.org, N-E-D-A.org, for updated information. And now we're here, a trainer tip from Sarah Geeky, a very famous FEI instructor throughout the United States. Hi, Sarah. How are you this evening? Great. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I'm 
I feel very honored to be here, um, able to offer this month's NIDA training tip, and um, I would like to talk a little bit about training strategies for people that uh, work a lot on their own at home and have intermittent help with their trainers and their teachers. So I, I, have, I, have, I have a list of, of ideas for people to think about and consider uh, for possible ways to help improve uh, their training and the outcome that they want. Perfect. Well, how do we get started? Okay. All right. Great. Well, uh, training strategies, we all, we all would love to have less in a day, myself included, but the reality of life oftentimes means that that's not possible. So when we're home working and schooling our horses, we, I find we have to come up with some sort of discipline, mental discipline and focus for ourselves that keeps us motivated and can keep us on track. And so my first suggestion and what I do is I have written down goals. And it's been proven that if we have a goal and we write it down, we have a 90% chance more of achieving it than if we just say it in our head. So have a goal and write it down. And the goals that we have, they should be achievable. They should be something that we and our horse can do, but it should be a stretch. It shouldn't be easy. We should have to get out of our comfort zone in order to accomplish it. And it should be an action goal. An action goal is something that, say, for instance, you're schooling your horse third level or second, third level, and you're working on the flying changes, and say an action goal for you could be that in by October, beginning of October, you'd like to have your flying, single flying changes confirmed. That would be an example of an action, action goal as compared to a goal, an outcome goal, which is something like, well, I want to go to regionals and I want to win second level. I mean, there's too many variables involved in that sort of outcome goal that we have no control over, but we can control our training and what we do every day. So that's my first suggestion. That's a good idea. Um, do you think it's good to talk to your trainer, like if you see one at all, about making those goals so that you have a realistic idea about where to go with that? Absolutely. That's a very, very good point. And what I do, and I know many of my colleagues do, is we have goal sheets and we have our students fill them out um, at the beginning of the year and have pointed questions on it. And they fill it out and I read it and then we discuss it. And I cannot tell you the number of times I've been shocked uh, in either positive ways or negative ways when I read what they've written. So it's a very very useful tool. Um, on that same note, there is another tool uh, uh, now available. There's uh, several of these online journaling sites, uh, one of which I, I work uh, with and I'm, I'm getting more involved in is this Unbridled Rider. Uh, I know there's several other that are equally good, but the basic premise is people write, write journals online after their lesson. And it's a, a template that's already there, so it's easy to do. But then it's shared between online between the instructor and the student. Um, and it has the same benefit, that it really makes sure that everything is clear. We can check that there's no miscommunication and that they're on the same page with us and the page we want them to be on. So it's a fabulous tool. And there are other very, very similar sites out there that are, that are equally as fantastic. I'm just, I don't know those so well. 
That's, I didn't even honestly say I know that those existed. So that's a great tip. Um, what is, what's your next goal or, or tip for us? All right, my next my next suggestion is to find an instructor that's not only qualified but one that fits with you and your horse because those of us that have trained horses for the FBI levels, we know that it's it has to be a match of the right rider with the right horse with the right trainer. And if one of those is off, it's not going to work. And um, top trainers in the world will say that it is 75% training. You can get the most fabulous horse in the world, but it's in the end, it's what you do with the training. Uh, so uh, that's my second suggestion. It's find someone who's qualified and you can Google everybody now and you can find who's certified and not and find who has the right education, but also that's the right one for you. So Yeah, I, I try and tell people that, you know, a person who isn't right for you isn't necessarily a bad trainer. Just everybody yeah. has their preferred way to learn and, and clicks with a certain with a certain person. And, uh, absolutely, and, absolutely, and personalities are very important. You know, I know I find that I work personally with myself with certain personalities. Uh, I work best with other personalities I don't work best with, and that's I think that's true with everybody. So um, that's a very important quality. Yeah. So what's the next tip? My next tip is um, for riders to, to start to practice what I call self-assessment, and this is something that requires being honest with yourself, for starters, and that's hard to do, uh, but those riders that have goals and want to improve, whether it's horse show goals or whether it's just training goals or personal goals, you, you have to take a hardcore, honest look at yourself and your horse and be able to determine, where am I? What, what level am I really confidently at and what level is my horse? Um, that's the first step in self-assessment. And so if we look at the rider and we look at his strong and weak points, um, we look at your temperament. You know, what are, are, are you brave? Are you timid? Are you shy? Are you, uh, do you freeze in, in uh, stressful situations? Are you a positive rider? Are you a negative rider? All those kinds of things. And then you look at your physical talents. Um, and what I like to encourage people to do is when they're assessing themselves as well as their horses to use the training scale, the pyramid of training as a guide, um, which we know starts with rhythm. You know, does the rider have a sense of rhythm with the horse, a feel for the horse? Are we supple and relaxed? Are, are we connected with our core to the horse? Are we able to actively produce energy within ourselves to, to activate the horse? And so on. And those, that same training scale, of course, is what we use to evaluate the horse's strong and weak points. And when we look at evaluating the horse, again, you have to say, where's my horse really at? What can he do really well and really confidently? Right? And that's your base point. And, um, even for those riders that aren't interested in showing, uh, it is still an invaluable tool to use the dressage test as a guide and a measure for what, you know, where your horse is in the training. The dressage tests have been 
developed so that they're very progressive and systematic in terms of um, in, in introducing exercises and bringing the horse along through the levels from training level up to FEI levels. So that, that in itself can be very helpful. And look at the test. I mean, the tests um, have so many incredibly well-written directives now for what is required for each movement. Um, and when I judge, sometimes I come away from the show and um, I think, particularly at the lower levels, I'm sorry to say, you wonder if these writers have ever read what is required of those movements because the way they're doing it is so far from what the standard is. Um, and those, those directives are, I, honestly, I really learned how important those are when I did the Learner Judges Program at, through USDS. And they really, mm-hmm. you know, like you were saying with judging, as riders and trainers and uh, just horsemen, we all need to read those and, and take time. And a lot of the information that you're talking about, Sarah, we can find it at uh, USDF, United States Dressage Federation? Yes, yes. Online, um, they have, uh, what's it called? That on- They have the online learning now. Um, through USDF, and there's a certain name, but I'm sorry, I'm blanking out. <laughs> it's called, I think but, it's called eTrack. Yes, and it's you. free for members. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure if it's, it's free for people that are not members, but if you're a member of USDF, it's a free source where you can get some very valuable information. Yes, I know through our, through our instructor trainer program, we are developing questions for the different areas and the different levels where riders and people can go on and take the test and get the answers and at least see where they stand. So that's an excellent, excellent tool to also use. Uh, Well, Sarah, you gave us some wonderful tips for the evening. Thank you so much. I know that um, all the riders uh, will, and and trainers and, and people that need help on a daily basis, these are some fabulous tips that will help us a lot. Right after this commercial from Fleeceworks, we have Jan Eiblig and Adrian Lyle. Fleeceworks manufactures pure Australian merino sheepskin and merino wool saddle pads and accessories. Their pads produce a vital thermal balancing layer to pull excess moisture and heat away from the horse's back, allowing muscles to work at maximum capacity without overheating. Fleeceworks Australian merino wool is breathable and hydrophilic, able to hold and store 35% of its own weight in liquid. A longtime staple of the medical field, Australian merino fibers have no equal when it comes to delivering a temperature-controlled, pressure-absorbing layer. The Fleeceworks philosophy, minimum bulk, maximum performance, and they have a variety of anatomically correct pads incorporating technologies and designs that address the individual needs of every horse and rider. Ask for Fleeceworks saddle pads and accessories by name at your local tack and feed store or visit them online at fleeceworks.com. Jan and Adrian, welcome to the Dressage Radio Show. Thank you so much for coming on this evening. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Oh, our pleasure. So we are all dying to know how training camp is going. Jan, how's it going for you and Rafelka? Well, this week we took it really easy. I'm going home tomorrow, and basically this whole week has just been long and low, a little bit transitions. A little posting trot, a little bit canner, and then I, I every day at the end I, I pick one movement. Yesterday I did a little bit from walk to piaf and walk to passage a few times, and today I did a little, little bit of changes and some some uh, canter collecting, working towards pirouettes, but not really intense. It's going to get more intense uh, next week. 
and last week she actually had head off. She was just trail riding. So we had an easy time, little break, and now we're slowly, slowly getting back to work. And Adrian, how is Wizard doing? He's doing great. We are definitely enjoying being here. It's fun having everyone here together in one place. Um, we're all kind of on the same schedule, I think, giving our horses a little bit of a breather after the trial. You know, two weeks back to back was a lot of work for him. Um, I actually flew home this past weekend to Idaho. Uh, it's the first time I've been home since November, so that was great fun to get to see everybody again. I took a couple days off, and Wizards just now, we're doing some easy work, and now we're just starting to ramp it back up again. Debbie's going to fly in and join me um, next week, and then we'll be ready to get back in the swing of things. Perfect, perfect. We'd like to know um, a little bit about your horses. You guys are new to the team this year, I guess. And uh, first, Jan, what is uh, Rafalka's highlight movement? Well, I think she is an all-around uh, really solid in, in all the movements. And um, I think our Piaf and Passage has really gotten much, much better over the years. And um, the changes are real nice. She's got good pirouettes, so I think she's all-around just very solid, you know, and I think in her performance or performances um, this year she's shown that, she, that she's very consistent. I think that's really her strength, the consistency. Yeah, yeah, and Adrian, for Wizard? Um, you know, I would say Wizard is definitely a power horse, so you know, the trot work, he can display a whole lot of um, power, and he's, he's fun to watch there, and then um, our canner work with him has generally gotten pretty darn consistent and accurate. And so I don't know if I could pick just one movement. <laughs> so we are we are dying to hear if you guys have any lucky charms that you're going to be taking to the Olympics or any special shad belly. So Jan, how about you? All right. Well, I have a whole bunch of lucky charms. I have um, actually two <laughs> sets, two different sets of um, four leaf clover. I have a um, a little, very small little uh, uh, lucky pig. Um, I have a silver coin that my mom gave me years ago, um, and um, I have a whole bunch of other things. Um, and as far as uh, coat, um, I, I, I don't like to take my coat to the cleaners. Now, this, <laughs> I hope you guys don't get grossed up by this, but uh, I don't believe in, <laughs> in doing anything to this coat. It just has to be just so, you know? <laughs> and, what if it were to get dirty? What's that? What if it gets dirty? Well, you know, I mean, it doesn't really get dirty. Oh, okay, uh, it can't get dirty. It, it can't get dirty, no. No, not not too dirty, at least. And uh, then we'll just hang it away, and nobody's allowed to touch it, and then at the next show, it comes out again. I always wonder why people don't want to stand so close to me. It must be the smell, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think that's possible. I think that's possible. And Adrian, any superstitions or lucky charms um, that you... Some good luck charms. Um, I'm like, no, no, I'm not good at staying clean. I actually just got a new shad belly that's machine washable, so I got to wash it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've inherited some lucky charms from Debbie, though, over the years that I've been with her. She's been seven years now. I've got a little stuffed elephant that she was that is named Cozy Coastfeld that Klaus Balkenhall gave her at one of their first um, shows over there on the U.S. team, and he travels with me, and then I've also got a little good luck pig that Debbie got in Gothenburg and gave to me, and then one other little stuffed animal that I got um, when I took Wizard over there in 2010 for our first time showing over there, and 
Other than that, Brentina was nice enough to give Wizard her snaffle bridle that he now wears for the dog. And I think some of her well-behaved manners are rubbing off on him because for the first time ever at Gladstone, he actually behaved himself in the dog and didn't rear up and pranced around and absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jan, I, I have to ask you, we had Jim Wolf on last week about uh, the Colbert Report. So how do you like being the poster child of the sport of the summer? Well, I mean, we've certainly had a lot of uh, media attention, uh, I guess, due to the uh, close proximity of, um, you know, our owners and Romney and, and um uh, I think you know it's wonderful that that mainstream media has has picked up uh, on Dasage and we're getting so much press. So I think it's really a good thing. I thought the the piece or pieces that were actually two uh, were done really well and in good taste. And I think we all have to have good fun and and it's all part of life, you know. I think we all are excited about our um, foam fingers for sure. And we will bring those. <laughs> In fact, I was just packing three of them, so to make sure that I have a few. Perfect, perfect. Um, are you guys going to be traveling with your families, or who are you bringing to the who are you bringing to London with you? Uh, Jan, maybe ask for it. Well, I uh, my son will come with a few days after I arrive. He will he will come. Uh, we have family in England, so he can stay with them for a few days, and then he can stay with me for a little bit. And um, Amy is coming over, I think, a few days before opening ceremony. And um, so, yeah, we, we definitely want to, you know, experience that, that together. And Adrian, family? Um, um, I have some, both my parents will be joining me um, to watch the games once, once we're over there. And I'm very excited about that. Excellent. And so uh, we, we asked Stefan and Tina as well last week about uh, what other events they're going to enjoy watching at the games. Do you guys have any other events that you will enjoy while you're there? I have um, nothing in particular that I've scoped out, but I certainly want to sneak in and watch anything I can. I'm so excited about just being part of everything there. And I think any sport that you can, can cruise in and try to nab some tickets or be able to watch is going to be fun. Um, besides the other equestrian events, um, I would love to see some of the gymnastic men's and women's gymnastics. Um, I guess the swimming and track and field. I mean, everything is 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 great. I mean, it's, I think no matter what you do, it's going to be so exciting and just. I mean, there are the best athletes in the world, all together in one place. You know, I mean, how much more fun can that be? Uh, yeah. What do you do to uh, relax before a show? Well, um, well, as far as uh, um, when I'm done riding, I, I go work out every day. I don't know if that's all that relaxing, though. And, yeah. um, I, you know, then I, I, I just do my, my normal thing. I mean, right now that I'm here on the East Coast, I've been teaching a little bit. Not as heavy of a schedule as I have at home, so that in itself is rather relaxing for me. And... Um, uh, well, I did, you know, go around. I mean, I was hoping to maybe go into the city, New York, uh, for one day. But uh, just having a lighter schedule is pretty relaxing for me. Yeah, some more time to yourself. Yeah. And Adrian, and what do you, what do you get up to? Um. Well, I think while we've we've been here, we've been planning, managing to keep ourselves, you know, having fun and relaxing. We've been having barn barbecues every night. I think we're all going to get together and go play miniature golf later tonight. And <laughs> so we're keeping ourselves entertained that way. 
Um, and other than that, um, in the horse show, we've seen kind of like Yon, I think being able to, I'm a, I'm a runner, so being able to either run in the gym or outside and jogging is always good for your relaxing mentally. And other than that, I'm a big music fan. So anytime I can listen to music, whether it's live music or whether it's stuff on my iPod, that's, that's my little mental health break. Who is the best miniature golfer? What's that? Who is the best golfer? Like a mini, mini golf? Who decided oh, well, on that? We, we haven't, oh, that is yet to be seen. I, oh, I'm okay. sure it's not me, but. <laughs> I, I thought this was, I thought that was on the agenda for tonight. I'm not sure. We're going to have to have an update on this mini golf tournament. Uh, I, keep I the, hate keep to the tell scorecards you. around. Keep the scorecards. Yes, but you know, I think our team is really, I mean, we're all getting along great. And, and I think all the grooms and the riders, everybody's having a great time. And uh, it, it's really, I think we're a really fun group. We're doing stuff together. And, you know, I think there's a real um, team spirit among us. And so I think that's Absolutely. really, really good. So what is the plan for your horses uh, when you leave? Uh, you know, when do you leave? And uh, what's the plan when you get to England? Well, we, we're leaving. The, the horses fly out on the 9th. And they will arrive then the next day on the 10th. Um, and they go into uh, basically training camp. And that's going to be then a lot more intense than what, what, what we've been doing this week. Um, and I believe on the 28th it is that we're moving into the venue. Yeah, I think the, the people will head day. down. The people will head down on the 27th, I believe, to walk in the opening ceremonies. And then yeah. the horses and the grooms will come down the following day. Jan, while you're while you're in London, I mean, you know, there's going to be a lot of press, obviously, because of Anne and Mitt Romney. Is there any, you know, is there any limiting of the press while you're there, or are you just going to keep your exposure the way it is? Well, you know, I mean, I'm I'm going to compete. I'm not going to um, uh, sort of do interviews and 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 you know have like a, a, a sort of high profile media. Uh, presence. Um, my my purpose of going is because I want to compete, and um, that doesn't mean that I'm not available. But um, the focus is the riding, not not the media. No offense. Oh no, sure, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Well, Adrian and Jan, thank you so much for joining us, and we are going to be cheering you on with our foam fingers, and uh, we want to <laughs> we we for sure want an update on this mini golf situation. Oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks well, for thanks for coming us. on, and we Thank look forward to we'll be cheering you on. Yeah, good luck, right, guys. So I noticed Nita is having a symposium that includes uh, Stephen Clark. I actually was at a clinic of his two uh, two weeks ago on uh, on the weekend, and uh, it was really excellent. We They had uh, a number of different riders, uh, professionals, and, and uh, he was really good in helping them improve their rides for, for the tests. Uh, Stephen Clark is, is, to me, one of those top judges. I just, uh, he always, I, I don't know if he does it for every rider. I like to think he just does it for me, but he winks when I come by <laughs> when I'm in a big competition. And he just puts you at ease. And um, he always has such great comments when you're riding in front of him. And, and I've had some good tests and I've had some bad tests in front of him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's one of those men. He's just, he's just classy and so easy to work with. And, uh, yeah, you know, I can imagine. Super pleasant. And, uh, you know, he brought through uh, some people, some um, 
guidance through some exercises that would help them in their movements and, you know, just real classical training, good exercises, awesome help. And even just for the spectators, um, it was great to see that because it was really easy and simple to understand where he was going and what he was doing. And, uh, you know, really humorous, you know, just funny, great guy, great, great clinic. So, you know, I hope that a lot of people take advantage if he's in, if he's in your area um, to go to that. No, agreed. I think he's just a class act and, and, and one of those one of those instructors and, and judges that really bring light to the sport. So, yeah, I think that would be really fun for everyone to attend that clinic. I would like to attend that clinic. I think it's always fun, you know, when there are clinics in your area. I've heard kind of across the board that clinics are having trouble getting auditors. And, uh, you know, it's always hard, you know, and even doing this for a living. I know you feel the same way. But it's fun. It, it really is fun and worthwhile to go to a different clinician, even if you can make it for a couple lessons. Uh, you know, auditing, we had a, a clinic here not that long ago. And, you know, it always helps just spark some ideas and, and kind of stuff. So I think auditing is, is really important. So, Philip, we had some great comments on Facebook this uh, week from Rhonda, and she really in, is enjoying the Canadian content. So, uh, everybody, please feel free to use our Facebook page. We love comments. Uh, and feel free to email me at reese at horseradionetwork.com. We're working on Philip's email, but feel free to use mine while we have it. And you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website at dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search for the Dressage Radio Show. You can follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. And feel free to look up my website, which is maplecrestfarmky.com. And feel free to email me with any, uh, anything, really, at reese at horseradionetwork.com. And you can check out my website, philipparksequestrian.com. And uh, I'm going to get an a email address really soon so that you can email me. And I'd like to thank our sponsors, that's Equestrian Collections and Fleeceworks. Well, thank you, Philip, for this week. Great fun. And I'd like to tell everybody, keep your head up and your shoulders back. 